All right. Welcome to debrief week number four or debrief four week number four. Maybe this is the fifth week of the show. It's the fourth week of pro league and the sixth and episode. Counting is not my strength. That's why we have stats people. <laughs> uh, yeah. Welcome. We are here to talk about week four. This is kind of, the, I guess the only real, I would say a uh, big weekly discussion show about the, the match, the matches that happened the week before. Talking, well, yeah, directly about the matches, today. right? There's a lot of discussion yeah. with pro players and you know, yeah. a guest and all that stuff. Well, I mean, lots, but it's still is not a whole lot. Uh, there could be more, but uh, talking directly about the game and giving feedback on it, I don't think there's uh, a whole lot of it or dedicated yeah, I mean, to it anyway. Either way, uh, I'm glad for people that are checking it out, starting to pick up a little bit. We are on iTunes now, uh, as well as yes. I think there was somewhere else we were on. But uh, yeah, make sure to check it out. If you are someone that uh, normally just listens to audio and doesn't really want to watch the YouTube videos or something, that's cool. Pick it up there, get the audio version. Or is that the video version on iTunes? Oh, I think it's uh, only audio. Okay, good. Yeah, so if people want the only only the audio, we'll try and get it on more platforms as well. I know there's a lot of podcast platforms out there. So I just want to listen. We try and keep the... Uh, the visuals are not dependent on the visuals so if you guys just want to put it in the background while you're doing other stuff or whatever you can always listen even if you're just on the youtube i know youtube requires youtube red to be able to like listen while your screen's yeah. off unfortunately but if you have that you can do that as well so i just wanted to kind of get that out of the way for you know changes to what we're doing with the podcast we are still working on trying to get some guests for future episodes but for now it's focused a little bit more on just like you're saying kind of the weekly recap and talk about yeah. the games a little bit um, also, the infographic, I think, as well, is a good companion to this podcast. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff that's on it, but also you can check that out. It is out, uh, posted, and uh, pinned at the top of the subreddit, the, the R6 Pro League subreddit. So make sure to check that out because they, they put a lot of work into that, and I think it's a fantastic way to really get caught up on some of the high-level stuff about the week as well as some individual players' plays and stuff like that, which we're going to be talking about. But uh, definitely some good data there, and uh, we'll, re we'll be referencing that as well. But uh, you don't need to see it during the podcast uh, to get the ideas. We'll just be talking about it. Yeah, it's just, so, uh, it's just a great support. I mean, everything is – pretty much everything is there, really. Yeah. If you're looking for I mean, something, information about what happened this week, it's probably there. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely going to be some, like, details missing in terms of, like, you know, interesting plays and oh, yeah. overall how the match went down outside of stats and stuff like that. But this is a good way to back it up. And I got to give a, a shout out to the whole team at CGG for all the work they put into putting all that together. It, uh, they all do a fantastic job of that. And that I think that helps a lot. So um, with that being said, uh, I just figured we talk a little bit generally first about some of the Pro League matches, some of the, the trends that we're seeing. Uh, in terms of this week, uh, we they did adjust the stats, which was nice based off of kind of me wanting to see uh, week, like Group B compared to Group B instead of Group B compared to Group A. But we did have an interesting shift in that regard. So part of the reason I'd said that, for example, was Oregon. So Group A wanted to play Oregon. Group B didn't originally. This week, somehow, Oregon completely flipped on that. This was Group B, was my understanding. This Yeah, this is Group B. And they played more Oregon than anything else. So... Definitely some trends getting swapped around, so it was interesting to see it compared to previous Group B. It is, and I mean, the win rate uh, on this map is also somewhat very close uh, for defense and offense, sitting at 48-52. Overall, we saw a lot more balanced yeah. uh, defense. I mean, the, the best example, of course, is um, uh, Bank, which was 50-50. And I think exactly, that's, yeah. right now, that's the standout in the current meta, in my opinion, probably the best map we have right now. It's not a map that I care for that much, but in the current meta, which I know we say meta a lot, and that's probably annoying to some people, but it's the best way to describe the climate, the environment. It captures uh, a lot of yeah. uh, emotion around what's going yeah. on. Just like the current zeitgeist, zeitgeist, yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, so that one's doing pretty well. That was the second most played. Well, I mean, there was a bunch at two, so I guess you can't really say the second, but Clubhouse surprisingly getting played quite a bit. Although uh, it's not been great. And it's interesting when you see the stats for Clubhouse because it's kind of skewed because Latin America couldn't seem to attack it for crap. So, like, they lost or they won a lot of defensive rounds where, as you compare that to, say, North America, where it was, like, almost all attack rounds, it just shows that the attack strats, I would say, are, are uh, a little more prepared in North America, for example. Like, they really seem to have, like, because you could see the repeated uh, attempts at takes. Like, there's a couple different takes that are being used. So, like, I still reference the EG versus SSG match because both of them almost never changed their attack. 
and both of them used two different attack strategies with some overlap, and yet they won almost every single time on attack. So that just shows in North America, attack has strats for Clubhouse. In Latin America, they don't play as strat heavy. They play a lot more fluid. And I think that in some way, in some cases, especially with Clubhouse Basement, that leads to more defensive rounds than other regions. I mean, from past experience, uh, Latin America is... They have, you know, the general idea of what they want to do, but it's very loose in the way they uh, do the strategy they have. And the strategy is not like guideline-based and you, you do this, 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 this. It's not prescribed. It's, it's very loose. And when they have a very um, precise strategy, it's most likely because they counter-strat the team that's in front of them. And they do that a lot between themselves. And I think that's one of the reasons why they've been struggling on the uh, international uh, scene because they, they rely so much on counter, uh, countering the team in front of them than when they play against, uh, let's say, Penta, who can adapt and come up with a round mid-game. It's hard for them to just adjust to it because they're, they're not as um, flexible as NA or EU, for that matter. Yeah, I feel like overall Latin America probably need to change how they play the game a little bit because I feel like in some of the previous seasons, it worked okay. In this current season, I feel like their meta has been devolving into just a lot more chaos and, and somewhat randomness of uh, who wins what. It doesn't seem to be as consistent. It seems like, uh, like for example, uh, I mean, referencing one of the specific matches, FaZe versus uh, Liquid really should have gone, I mean, really should have gone to FaZe if FaZe was playing off their strengths instead of just kind of playing. And I feel like, you know, seeing Liquid 2-0 them, when Liquid hasn't been a great team this season, is, again, like, just this overly flexible meta, I would say, just doesn't have enough backbone to it in terms of the way they play. To really, I mean, they have operators they like, it seems, but it doesn't feel like they have strats that they solidly stick to and then work off of and i feel like that just doesn't give them any kind of baseline is the problem it's like you don't have to follow your strap but you need to have some idea so that it's not dependent on them screaming a bunch of portuguese at each other to figure out what to do you know like because the more strap baseline you have the less work that igl has to do to get people to do their job and the more you can rely so like uh without having to say anything on the other people doing what they're supposed to be doing so, like, let's say you have a Thatcher. Thatcher knows what to thatch. You don't have to sit there and make callouts for him constantly. He knows how to play it, and you can make callouts for adjustments. But you don't have to be like, oh, I got to make sure Thatcher's doing his thing, or I got to make sure Thermite's ready for the planet. Like, just stuff like that is not uh, is a problem for North America for the most part, whereas it definitely is for Latin America. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the IGL job is already hard enough. If you have to, like, babysit every player with that, it's... It, it it really is a hard job uh, to like complete, and you can't really focus that much on the next round that's coming and how you're gonna change the way you play to try to win mostly. And I mean, this is especially true for Brazil uh, with the next season with the ban operator. You're gonna have to be very very much flexible on what you're gonna do because yeah. I mean, if you have a strat that relies on one operator and this operator is banned, well, you need a back idea or a back strategy to figure out a way to win, and sometimes you'll have to um, just come up with something mid-game. Mid I mean... Yeah, it's a... I don't know, it's going to be interesting next season because that, like, the whole operator bans could work for or against Latin America. Like, the flexibility could pay off, but if their flexibility doesn't include flexibility on which operators they're good with, yeah, that could, that could definitely backfire. <clears throat> yeah. Like, let's say they ban Blitz or you know, the region using Sledge more or Twitch more. Like, I mean, Sledge is not one that's a high candidate to be banned, though. So I don't think that will be a uh, a better thing. But I don't know. It's just, I think in the current meta, too, like we've talked about uh, Brazil can't stand still very well, and that makes their defenses not so yeah. great sometimes. But then again, the attacks just being so fragile, it feels like that doesn't seem to matter as much as you would think it would. Um, I don't know. Another interesting note I wanted to bring up, too, about the general stuff uh, before we could just before we're just bashing Latin America today, <laughs> is uh, Skyscraper has not been played once yet. Right. And I think that's interesting. It's, I, I don't know what happened there. I don't think people like it, but I mean, in the previous well, season, it... it was like played and strategy were good, but I don't know. This map, I've seen some weird stuff. It's 
either like I, I remember one time where um I I don't remember both team we were playing on it. It was a while back, and it, it pretty much came down to who's gonna get defense twice. Yeah. And then the next game, the next week, like offense was just shredding everything. It yeah. it, it it was the complete opposite of it, and I don't know what it is about skyscraper, but I feel a lot of players I feel like are not comfortable in this map. Yeah, it's I feel like it's something that that definitely could be played, but the teams just are so focused on the current maps because of how much they've changed how you play them that they don't want to add another map to their map pool of adjustments that isn't as common. And so I think it's just kind of this downward spiral of Skyscraper because because some teams don't want to play Skyscraper, no teams want to play Skyscraper mm -hmm. because they just, you know, no one's trying to bring it up. But, I mean, it's giving Coastline a shot, still not as frequent yeah. as a lot of the other maps, but it's it's giving Coastline more of a chance because Coastline feels a little more balanced at the moment. The map's a little more played in terms of the whole map. Uh, I don't know. It just seems a little more relevant at the moment. But at the same time, I feel like Skyscraper could be good in the current meta in the sense that, uh, yeah, you have Lion to help on attack and stuff like that. But this is a map that can really work for defenders because of all the jump outs, the ability to fight repels, uh, stuff like that that you can do on the map. But maybe it's because there's a couple counters to Valkyrie. I mean, one of them, maybe not so much, but you have a lot more IQ play now, for example. And so that's going to be one counter to that. As well as you also have uh, Dokubi being played a bit uh, and that could work against, but no one really hacks cameras for the most part in no, it's uh, mostly early, for but it's still certainly a possibility. Let's say someone goes for a jump out on you once, get the kill on them, hack their camera, and now you can make sure that uh, you know exactly where the cams are, take them out, no more jump outs. But I don't know. It's, I mean, there there has been some people playing a lot of Dokubi, but I just I don't think we're seeing the hacks on it. No. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is about this map, but I know a lot of uh, pro, pro players and semi-pro don't like it, don't enjoy it. I think I think it mostly comes down to not enjoying the map and the layout of it, than just be it being a bad map. But it's a it's a it's a good map. Yeah, it's the worst map in the map pool. I feel like if maybe if people could come up with a lot better uh, pro league level strats for some of the different bomb sites. Yeah, uh, and being less dependent on the geisha side of things mm -hmm. that i think i think we could see a little bit more of that map being played um i mean coastline's a good parallel in a way because coastline was overly dependent on penthouse before and i feel like teams are starting to branch out a bit so it's it's definitely you know starting to develop as a map overall because it does have quite a few viable bomb sites i'm still not a fan of uh hookah but i know there are people who think it's strong and people who don't and it, it really depends. It's just one of those very exposed to the outside uh, spots, and I think that can work for or against you depending on how you play it, but overall, like, Coastline, again, just being wor working out pretty well, even people playing Blue Sunrise quite a bit. Um, that one almost is like a bait them into the room and kill them, kind of ambush uh, bomb side, I feel like. Yeah, well, I mean, Coastline definitely seen some, uh, some improvement uh, over the last uh, season. I think it's been in for... Uh... Was year one, uh, season one, was it? <coughs> it's a mirror patch, so year, season one, year two. So yeah, it's been yeah. around for quite a, a bit. Um, well, it was like, it was the next map introduced after Skyscrapers. So. Yeah, so, and, and I mean, usually what happened is the new map that get introduced in Pro League is not going to be played for at least a season, or not that much anyway, like maybe once yeah. or twice uh, at the end of the season. Yeah, we discussed that a lot last week about yeah. the idea of the park being in there and stuff like that. And I, I still stand Ho by what I said last week. Hopefully, the next map, uh, with I think it's Italian operator, the next DLC. I believe so. So hopefully, the map will be great and good enough for Pro League. Um, that being said, I think we're getting a rework of uh, Clubhouse, or I, I don't remember the timeline, but. We're getting a reworked map too, I think. So hopefully those will be good enough to like swap out some maps from Pro League. I think we discussed this uh, plenty uh, last week. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't want to beat it to death, but it's it's still uh, an important point going forward, and we'll see uh, what the map pool is like going into the next <laughs> season because that hasn't really been established yet, as far as I know. So yeah. we'll see. It's going to be interesting because map pool is going to matter more next season with best of win anyway. So. Anyways, uh, the moving on from the map stuff, uh, going to the actual matches. You know, I mean, matches, so, yeah, NA. Uh, NA was... We have uh, the number two team confirmed who's going to be in relegation, and it's yeah. CLG. CLG, wow, what a match. Like, you had... It was interesting. So uh, what, I, what I wonder is, 
and we and now I talk about this quite a bit on the, the Pro League broadcast in terms of them needing a coach. Uh, now knowing for sure that they have exec, not sure how long exec has actually been making decisions on the team or yeah. helping them make decisions. I don't but, know how uh, long, but I mean, it takes quite some time to just have an impact on, you know, if you want to yeah. change completely a team and for it well, to work. Yeah. <laughs> However, that being said, there were some change-ups in terms of operators being played that I think were effective. They were the only two ones that were the only two things that were effective in terms of how they played, which was putting Laxing back on his old Blackbeard on Cafe, which is something he used to play to death, which was he was the strongest fragger. And then putting England on glass. And I've, I've talked a lot of smack about England, and uh, he had just really, really been struggling a lot of the time. And like having him play Ying was absolutely not working. But throwing him on glass was actually surprisingly effective on Cafe. And I feel like he was like the top fragger on Cafe, which was, I mean, good to see. Like, so there, I mean, there's something there. If you could find England's strengths and work off those, those definitely work. Same with Laxing. But Sky's bottom fragging pretty much just. He had like England's level of KD. He had a rough week, before. that's for sure. Him and Chapstick were both just struggling, and I feel like this is the, this just comes down to them lack of coordinated strategy and more just dependent on fragging opportunities that Mouse just wasn't giving them. I, I mean, mean we, go ahead. Clearly, they <clears throat> they need to figure something out because that's two week in a row that they haven't been performing a whole lot. And I mean, we can backtrack uh, to uh, Invitational too that. They did not perform as well as we thought they would. So yeah, they've been they, coasting for sure. Oh, hopefully, Exec is going to have uh, an impact on them, and you know they're they're going to get back on track and uh, ready for the next season. Because I mean, if they lose relegation, it's just six months of well, three months of Challenger League, three months of nothing, and then hopefully Pro League again. That's a long I time. Can't, I can't imagine that uh, unless they just <clears throat> decide to quit playing the game altogether. Which, yeah. no matter how much whining they've done. They haven't done it yet. They haven't quit. Like, Sky's relaxing. Like, if anyone was going to quit, rage quit this game, you'd think it would be them just off of their tweets alone and their, their, what Sky's talks about on Twitch and stuff like that. So it's like, if they don't quit, I do feel like they will finally just be like, all right, let's get our shit together, guys. Like, I don't know. I just, I feel like, I, unless Sky's is just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to stream. Like, I have a good enough stream and i'll make money doing this i give up on pro league so i don't know this is kind of make it make it or break it like you're saying like i don't think they would play challenger league i think if they get relegated out i, I feel like no, they will, yeah. i cannot see skies and laxing being okay with like challenger league especially with the way the challenger league is going to be next season where it's like three months of doing nothing first they're not going to do it they're just not going to play i i mean i'm totally there with you i don't think they would keep like stay as a team if they get relegated into Challenger League. With that being said, hopefully it's going to be a wake-up call to, you know, get your shit together and work. Yeah. Something's clearly not working. You just need to figure what it is. But that takes some time and takes some, like, you know, thinking and just discussing with your teammates. But uh, hopefully, like we said, hopefully Exec is going to bring that kind of um, impact. DLG. But uh, speaking of the other side of that uh, match, Mouse really showed up though and like it wasn't yep. just down to uh them you know clg doing bad like vertical holy crap like going with i mean first off playing cav was already like a big thing when he did it multiple times but he gets a 3k at least one of them and then gets like a 1 to 2k most of the other times and goes for a rome vigil as well like that match alone was vertical rome god like cafe was like his bitch like he just was wherever he wanted to be getting kills but as much as we gave credit to Vertical, I want to say, like, this team has their shit together in terms of communication. And it's not just supporting people like Vertical being able to play really well. Their drone game is on point. And you were able to see that if you're watching carefully during the Pro League. The amount of times there was a well-timed ping from a drone for a frag happened multiple times. Where yep. you see, like, someone getting ready for a shot. There's a ping from the drone. Boom, kill. And it was so many times they were just so coordinated. And what they were doing, that's how Vertical was able to live so long. And also pointing out another uh, player that was doing really well was Neptunes. He was actually like, he has the best ratio. And it's because he was there to back up and trade. Like anytime there was like some struggle with a frag on CLG, like, oh no, they, they died in the, uh, they couldn't win that fight against CLG. Boom, there's Neptunes to get the kill. Like he was able to swoop in, wasn't always there to save it, but a lot of times he was there to trade it. And I feel like, again, he was being a very good team player. 
and the stats being good for the like the individual players also speaks to how well this team just was coordinated. And I would love to see Mouse going forward like this because I think this was like their peak in terms of what I've seen so far from them in coordination. And interesting point to note, Kavera Pro League. It happened. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's happened from the start of the season. Yeah. That we, had, uh, we had it twice uh, week one because we had Chate actually playing it on bank even. And then uh, someone, uh, I can't remember which team it was, uh, in North America played it once in uh, bank basement as well. And it worked. I mean, he had an impact with Kevera, just using the pistol and just... I mean, the pistol is so strong at close range, it was just downing people one-shot mostly. Yeah, but it was it was down to good positioning and, and yeah. oh, yeah. to know when Definitely. to play those because you can't just like, oh, well, I'll just stumble on them. You really got to play Oh, no, smart. I mean, yeah. Exactly. I mean, obviously, there was some good positioning in, like, team play uh, regarding that Kevera uh, plays, but... It, it it was interesting use of it. I mean, on cafe, yeah. you you're like it's maybe not the easiest map to roam around, but I mean, he made it work. He played aggressive with it when it was the time to be aggressive, and it worked super well. I don't think that would that strat would work uh, against a more coordinated team. I feel like let's say you're There's playing up against Rogue too, yeah. or EG. I don't think that would work, especially against EG, because EG will drone the hell out of roamers. I feel like if Vert tried that against, I say that though, but then again, I remember Vert just wrecking Canadian when they're playing on R6 TMs. But that's R6 TMs, and uh, and they're not as coordinated. So, but so I, I feel like he could only use that against teams that are a little more independently playing their their players and and not so much on a coordination, and. Uh, well, we'll see if it's if it's uh, something that gets played more because vertical. I mean, Brazil was usually the only one to play it before, but now now that defenders have to be a little more aggressive, I think it's something that we're starting to see more viable along yeah. with vigil as well. Don't want to downplay vigil because even vertical got some good kills with vigil as well, because between those two, a loose independent roamer that has some ability to counter either drones or jackal has been very strong in this super high intel meta for attackers because attackers have so much intel advantage that having either roamer that can counter some of that intel has shown to be a pretty strong pick so far this season yeah i mean i don't i don't know what i can add more than that it was just interesting interesting game yeah. even though i mean it's it's sad to see clg go like that but yeah it's an interesting game nonetheless, and it's just confirmed that now we have Ronin and CLG in relegation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's it'll be interesting to see if, if Ronin, I don't think Ronin and CLG fight each other. I don't remember how the brackets work out, but that no. would be an interesting matchup considering how bad CLG have been doing, but how bad Ronin have been doing it. I feel like CLG would still win that, but it's like, I don't know, Ronin, I feel like it's had a bit of a wake-up call, and they're not even Ronin anymore. No, so, you're right. Uh, we'll, oh, we'll see. But uh, the game. other match that was yep. played, yeah, Rogue versus SK, that was that was a good matchup. Like, uh, I, I mean, was, obviously... I have mixed feeling about this game. Yeah. It was... There's so many rounds that ended, like, with timers, mostly. I mean, because yeah, when, was... you, when you do a last five-second push, that's pretty much, you know, you're pushing because the timer is about to go out and you need to do something. And it but happened that was, a, lot a lot. of that was because of, like, there's good defensive strats yeah. that oh, yeah, they yeah. have between both those teams. And so the attackers were forced. It, they weren't playing like supremacy vitality style, where they were just like, "Oh, let's plan to push the last twenty no. seconds." It was more just like these defenses are really holding us off well because, especially Rogue has a lot of good defensive setups that will really like keep people out of the site for a long period of time, and uh, and it played off pretty well in terms of that. But there were still also timer rounds, like you're saying, that were more like the plant being down and them not being able to get it. So it's like attackers were also good at defending the diffuser. And I mean, I'll need to rewatch that game more in detail and try to pay attention to drone. But I think it mostly came down to uh, lack of information and just drone economy. Yeah, they're both good. They're both good at denying each other information. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had some interesting information plays. For example, Jarvis playing Dokubi like practically every round. Mm -hmm. I know that was probably tilting Rogue at some point. Those phone yeah. calls. But uh, it was, you know, it was more about the smokes and stuff. And, and having some nice weapons. I mean, they like their first round was amazing on Border. Just. Uh, yeah. Dokubi come in, Ying jumps in from Locker Sandwich and Window and just run in while uh, someone else plants and just, you know, jump out and that's it. Round yeah. was pretty much won. And I mean, it, it helped a lot of the time, but Jarvis was not getting any kills really. Like he was doing horrible kill-wise. He was definitely a support operator. I, I almost wonder if he would be better off on someone like Jackal or if he was the one to be playing Ying. Or something that doesn't depend is a i don't know maybe it's just the dmr isn't right for him 
versus the uh, I mean because yeah. he has the SMG 12 but that's technically it's, a secondary it's a pea shooter I mean if you don't land your headshot it's not doing a whole lot of damage at long yeah. range so unless you're very like, close it's, yeah. it's hard you need to land your shot because you're gonna die I feel like maybe it just wasn't his role or operator in terms of uh I mean yeah maybe he's being good support and utility but it just wasn't landing kills as well and I and I don't always always put uh, you know support operators having to get frags, but we've seen plenty of people that can just frag out with Thatcher, for example, or Thermite, um, or you know Ying. Like there's all these other support operators, even Jackal, that like can get lots of kills as well. So I feel like it, much like it was with England, where he's just on the wrong operator, and unfortunately that's two time two play days in a row that we've seen Jarvis struggle. And this is a guy that's been back on like Rogue at some point back when they were under a different name, and so he's been around, he's played these teams, but he just has is struggling to find his place in the current meta well maybe it's not his like, like maybe it's not his role to frag either i mean he's giving away a lot of information for really his teammates fragger, so. like that, that's what i mean though you can be a support and frag you look at someone like brian for example yeah but is... maybe it's not his role maybe you know there, there's players on support that just drone the whole round and then try to plan i mean you don't get a lot of chance to frag out which is fine if the rest of your team is like winning no and there was a closer match it was a 2-1 but uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe Jarvis is like, no, it was actually working really well if you look at it. It's like, okay, cool. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I'm just looking, looking at his stats doesn't seem like it. Because like, okay, so your argument is like, oh, what if they're just doing support the whole round? Then they shouldn't be dying. Like his, his kill to death ratio shouldn't be so bad then, right? It should be like closer because he know. shouldn't be dying. If he's doing support without, like he's over playing aggressive then if it's not working, you know what I mean? In terms of like his death should be a lot lower. I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, my opinion on it, it's, but uh, yeah. I do think, uh, like I said about England on Glass, like put him in a better role, try out some other roles. Maybe he'll just be like, "Holy shit!" Like this is the top fragger now. This is the guy that's like changing the game for us. That being said, Mint was that guy this week. Holy crap! Like Mint was, was just. Having a good I mean, maybe the rest of his team wasn't doing great. Like Adam wasn't doing very good either. But Mint and Hot and Cold were just like, especially Mint. Like everyone's memeing super hard on Mint because of that that issue where he couldn't see because the client side body yeah. debris everyone gives him crap about it. it wasn't really his fault it was a little bit of misplay and, and lack of intelligence from both players like easily didn't know either that he was even laying in a rotate hole um and so it was like that was just one of those moments that we just happened to catch on camera because it was a clutch that just makes everyone look silly and is obviously oh, yeah. digest but none like outside of that mint was playing his nuts off like that was just like Mint really tried. It was a big reason. It was a two-one for sure. Like I got to give a lot of credit to Mint. It was having uh, an amazing for, like, week. Yeah, it was good for him. Like if if uh, if Pojo could step it up again and Jarvis could find his role, Adam's always kind of off and on anyways. Uh, I feel like if if like I said, if Pojo could kind of come back a little bit because like he did good first play day, mm -hmm. and uh, and Jarvis can find his role, that'll be like we'll see SK like really doing well again. I mean, it sucks to lose, but to lose to Rogue isn't as big a deal as losing to some lesser team yeah i mean they definitely showed that they like step up their game since uh, the couple last season where they didn't do as like as well as you thought they would uh, uh on flip side anyway banner yeah it's, anyway, uh, it's it's good to see them like I, I know a lot of people say flip side is well flip side or sk is back and hopefully it's the case because uh that show magic well not show match but that game between rogue and sk was good and it's also interesting to see rogue going offense without a lion that was Cool to see. I mean, just saying, you know, we are confident enough in our team play that we don't need that OP operator and we can do it anyway. And they did it. They had uh, a good win-loss ratio on uh, on offense. I mean, it's like border, they worked fantastic. Yeah. It's, on defense, it's sorry. On offense, it, it was awful. Happened. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. But on the, the other maps... maps are definitely influencing a lot of these stats. Too. Yeah. So you really have to keep in mind, like, week to week, you only see two to three maps the maps are really going to affect how people play and it i feel like this season is really shifting week to week more so than previous season like what happened because people are like really just trying to figure it out right now i so, I, I feel like a lot of teams are just playing lion because he's op and they don't they, they haven't figured out exactly how it fits in their own play style just yet and i mean okay cool but you, you need to figure it out fast because there's not a whole lot of game in a season and if it's not working, well, maybe do like Rogue and just play like you're used to play and it works, I guess. Because it worked yeah. for Rogue, so why not for you? I mean, Beast Coast yeah. in Challenger League is also doing this. Not playing yeah. a whole lot of Lion, and it's working well so far, so far from for them. 
Yeah, I mean, I I give credit to Ranger as well for probably being part of that decision of just like, guys, we don't need Lion. Like, we'll use Lion when it makes sense to use Lion, <laughs> and we won't when it doesn't make sense for our strats. Like, just go back to basics, <laughs> do your strats if it makes sense to have them use it. Like, I feel like some in some ways it was like when Glaz was uh, first got the thermal mm-hmm. site and like everyone felt like they had to do it and some Dude, people yeah. just could not play glass and it's just like it was a struggle and like yeah it was really really overpowered at first but uh and it, um, have to play it. and i mean adding to it i know uh ranger said that easily is a big part of those decision too now uh he's the and one he's, like he's been working on strats crazy he's been good every week Yes, like and he, really I mean he's also well. he's also adding a new like touch to how Rogue is playing because I know he's involved a lot in strats and just how they want to attack a bomb site or defend it. Yeah. So that's I mean, great. say what you will about King George, but easily was definitely a good replacement. Yeah, I think it. Yeah. I think it was definitely. This week, uh, it uh, it also saw Geo actually like showing up because I mean he was replacing Avian and that was a. Uh, I mean, generally, some of that was based off of Avian's performance not being up to where they wanted. And then Geo didn't perform well week one as well. But this week, he did a lot better and, uh, and stepped it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Still kind of kind of in the middle there in terms of play, but uh, definitely better than previous weeks and doing a good job supporting the rest of the team. I feel like Slash is the one that's still really hot and cold. Like, he's just not, not the player hot and cold, but uh, he's just... On and off. I don't know, not always on it. Like, he's just... Yeah, he's very on and off and... Uh, I, I mean, I don't hear the comms, so I don't know how they're playing it, but I feel like Slash is always this, like, leash dog that occasionally gets off the leash and just goes on a rampage. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and I feel like... I mean, I, I don't know about the... It'd be hard to compile stats on it, but I feel like it doesn't work as often as it does. I mean, it were it, Yeah. Other way around, other way around. It doesn't doesn't work as well as it should... As often as it should. So he ends up in situations where he's just going for these aggressive opportunities... That, that don't work out because he can't execute them on, on them or whatever. That being said, there were some really good plays, some really good clutches from him, some some good opportunities that were hit. It's just consistency is not there for Slash is the problem. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not much you had there. I think I completely agree with you. Yeah, I mean, he's probably filling some other roles in game that we never yeah. know about because, I mean, communication, we don't get to hear yeah. it and all that stuff. And it's probably, you know... Communication is a good thing, and not a good thing. Well, a good thing, yes, but a big thing in Rainbow Six, especially if you're going to yeah. be playing in professional. I mean, I, I'd take someone who communicate like well over someone who just can't aim. Yeah, it's well, we'll see it's though. And uh, so it'll be interesting going to the um, the postseason uh, towards finals because I imagine that that lion nerf will be in place before the finals, the I hope finals, so. I hope as so. well as the drop shotting change. So it'll, I feel like we'll see a little bit of a shift in how people play like between the end of play days and the, the land of the land finals. And I think it'll be interesting to see which teams adapt. It'll be too little too late for Ents, but uh, for yeah. you know, some of the other regions, it'll be interesting. Like I think uh, a team like Rogue will just be stronger going into it, knowing that they uh, don't want to depend on mm-hmm. the Lion. And, uh, and I think that will, will pay off. I think I think you're right. I mean, it's it's sad to see ends go like that, and hopefully they'll be able to. I mean, I mean, I I know a lot of them or people said ends is maybe not the best on this meta, and maybe the like lion nerf is gonna help them out in relegation a bit. And hopefully they can figure it out because ends not in pro league is scary. I don't want it to be a thing. I want them to stay in pro league. <laughs> Especially after all that like streak of winning they got, not winning, but yeah. just going to land they got. Yeah, this is land the every first season to land like, they're not going to relegation. Ugh, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, to not have ends of the land is gonna be weird. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, at least it's in North America, so it makes more sense. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't. It's yeah, EU is interesting. I mean, one up for example was just insane. Like one up right now, I feel like are my number two team. Like, you got Penta, and then 1-Up, and then um, I would say, actually, Millennium maybe up there, um, along with the Vitality. Vitality. Maybe I'll, I'll put, fourth, I, I'd then, put Vitality over Millennium, especially after the GA. Yeah, maybe. It, it's, it's hard to say. Like, Millennium, like, really put a hurt on Penta. Oh, they, um, they did, I feel yeah. Like, 
that that was interesting. I mean, that could have been that could have been off, like in terms of like maybe Penta was just really off that day. So it's hard to really say for sure. Yeah, but like, well, I mean, they, Millennium are. they they had uh, you know the gamers assembly last weekend, and uh, Vitality won over Millennium in final. Yeah. So they, they I mean, were definitely playing strong. They 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 they're playing good. That's true. So yeah, and, I mean, maybe, coming I in this know, coming in this week. They, I mean, they played this week and they just, they barely just won the Gamers Assembly, which is a big, like, French tournament. And, uh, I mean, it, it's got to be good for, good for morale, that's for sure. Morale. Yeah. Morale. Morale. We'll, we'll see. And, and, I mean, I would, I would put <clears throat> Digital Chaos, like, maybe fifth. Ten and one then, up. like, yeah. And then, and then, uh, Ents, uh, then and Oplon and mock it down kind of at the bottom. I would say Ents above uh, like the bottom two, like you know maybe uh, sixth, only because Ents has been successful in the past and they haven't changed that much of the roster. So I feel like they could be good again. So I would I would put them sixth as opposed to Oplon and uh, and mock it, which are just not doing so great at all. No. And and I I feel like at least one of them will get relegated out if not both of them. I mean the bracket is also a little bit weird because it's based off of like the result before the invitational and a lot of team yeah. changed from like since then yeah, when the, the, the vitality that played uh year oh my god year three season two or yeah. season two before the invitational and you know it, it, it's a big mess right now the bracket is not representative of uh where the team should be and who should yeah. be playing against who based off of the Invitational. It's based off of the season before that. So, you know, situation like Ants going uh, first like that uh, is unfortunate, but it happened mostly because well, of the bracket. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really a bad play day for Ants. Oh, like, yeah. Like, getting beat by 1-Up, not as surprising, just because 1-Up have been playing, like, insanely good. Crazy. Um, Crazy. But uh, Vitality, like, weren't even playing, like, super great, but they were just stomping them. Like, you even have that, uh, that clip that was on of Sparks, like, 4K clutch in uh, the kitchen of um, oh, yeah. uh, Coastline. Mm -hmm. That was, I mean, that was just representative of how big they were playing against Ents because Ents just, like, Wilkie could, was able to get one frag out of the entire, like, out of, the, out of I think, in the entire thing here, it's just they, he hasn't been doing hardly anything. Boonsy as well has been super struggling, and it's it's all come down to like Kanto, Panari, and Uno mm -hmm. most of the time. Like Uno, and sometimes Uno's still so much showing up, which is great. Since Personally, I mean, it feels bad to say this, but if I was Uno, I would start looking for another team at the moment. Nah, they need to stick together. They they're a great player. They've been to land before. They they're gonna come to land again. I'm sure. But but Uno hasn't, and at this rate, yeah. it's not going to. So it's like, you know, when you join the team and you really show up as a new player, like really well, and you prove that you have what it takes to show up without like having to spend time in a great team, like that's a really good potential as a player and potential for them to be good, do him, him to be good on a team that's actually going to go to land at this point. So I don't know, I would, I would be scouting him at this point in terms of like, hey, let, let's poach Uno if he's willing to speak English or another language besides Finnish maybe. Because obviously uh, there are people that are Finnish that have been on Ents that are willing to speak English because two of them are on Penta. So, I mean, Eunice right. and uh, Shate. So it's like, it's not impossible. They don't have to have the best English. It's not like Shate is English is like super great. It's, it's still, you, they could communicate. Their comms aren't the best, but they know how to play with each other. And that's all it takes. They workshop well. They play together well. They they integrate well. And so I think a person like Uno could go off and do that on another team, and maybe be more successful. Because for right now, for Ents, unless something big changes, Ents isn't the team for that. I don't know. I I, I just wish they stay together and work it out instead of switching like everyone is doing. Yeah, but, but we've been saying me. that for so many years, like yeah. for years now and seasons now. And yeah, they finally won a land off of it. But some of that was due to the way the brackets were set up. And, and, and giving them like more favorable matches and then like them actually playing really well, but then losing one of their good players that like helped with that is just, I don't know. I don't know if they have it in them anymore. It's always felt like they were going to give up after every land. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I, I'm just like that. I, I'd rather see them work their, uh, their struggle yeah, together. You want people legacies alive. Like that, but I mean, if I, it's up to them. It's up to them, really. I, 
It's 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 easy to have an opinion outside that does not like include everything that's going on in the team. Oh, of course. But um, hopefully they'll work it out. That's that's all yeah. I'm gonna say. Hopefully they'll work it out. <laughs> Digital Chaos, on the other hand, being a newer team in a way, like I mm -hmm. think they're still doing pretty well. But yeah, right. against One Up, it was just like holy oh, no. crap. One I gotta got give a shout out to Rick who's really been stepping it up every week. Like, he was doing good on his glass play and then stepping it up from there. Wasn't even really playing glass this week mm -hmm. and just killing it. Like, really impressed with Rips. He's been he's been playing really well. And, of course, KS finally got to play this week. Yeah. And, uh, well, he showed up for sure. Like, KS showed up. So, like, they went from being already strong with Lotso playing his role Lotso to him the coming problem. in and really playing it. KS was the problem. You know, when you, know, when you can say Lotso was the problem and there's still – shredded the first week too so it's, it's oh yeah this team they, they got it figured out they have the win behind yep. them like working with them it's good to see i mean hopefully they'll do great this season because i mean if any season they can do great probably this one like just the way they played against digital chaos was amazing everything was so fine-tuned coordinated yeah. it, it's just like it, it almost felt like it was one player controlling yeah. all five of them and it was well, just perfect like I said, I'm probably like, I, I feel like one up or one of the teams that really plays their operators to the maximum use of their abilities and roles and stuff like that in terms of when they pick an operator, it's not just to kind of do something. It's like they'll really use the operators that they play, whether it's the ones in the new meta or not. And I feel like if there's another big meta shift, this is a team that will adapt because they're willing. Like I said, Rip's not even playing glass this week. Like, and that's something he'd been playing strong on. But then the roles he did play, he played strong on. And it's just like... I think they're willing to pick operators and then just absolutely utilize them in whatever the strats they are doing. And obviously you still have people like Hungry still playing Hungry. every time. And it was a little less effective in terms of him getting kills this week. But I don't think his KD reflects how effective he was still in getting his team in, getting his team, getting those set up for those kills and doing his job. So I think he still was very effective, just not as effective on the KD line as he had been in previous weeks. Well, I mean, this team, I mean, <laughs> like, whatever they do, I mean, you don't have to be effective when, like, the, the, the four other people playing with you are just going ham. And they, yeah. <laughs> this game was a 10-1 game. Well, those the two map, anyway, was a 10-1 game. There's not a lot of space to get killed if your teammates are, like, too good on it. Well, it, it, I think it, it it's a good point. When when Hungry, one of your best fraggers, is bottom fragging in terms of, like, There's the overall scoreline, that's how well the rest peaks. of the team is doing. That's peaks. It's, yeah. Yeah, like all of them were were positive for the for the match, yep. except for Hungry. So it was yeah, it was a good good week, especially for Rips and KS. But Pear and Vale definitely showing up as well. So I think that team really has a good attitude. They they went into Invitational knowing that they weren't going to win it, but they went in knowing that they were going to play their best and they were going to learn. And I talked to those guys a lot after the matches multiple days, and like they really thought about like what worked and what didn't and tried to improve it every single time. And you saw that during the Invitational, that every time they got better mm -hmm. at improving the problems. And then going after that, they improved even more. They continued to work on it. They continued to like, they're really good at playing off of correcting their mistakes and improving on their strengths. And I, like, there's just such a good attitude for a team to not be like, oh, you know, like uh, if we lose, like it's the end of the world. It's like, if we lose, that's fine. As long as we play our best and we learn off of what we did, that's the mentality every team should have. But they seem to have it better than some. And it's like, that's why they've quickly just gone from like, oh, we're just mysterious monkeys and we're going to make a few roster changes to like, boom, like one of the top teams now. A lot of teams lack some um, plan when it comes to what they want to do. Like a lot of yeah. teams just get uh, on the scene. They say, all right, we're going to make pro uh, Challenger League. And then the season after that, we're going to be Pro League. And then... They lose like a game and it just shatter all their hopes and dreams and they they completely shut off and this team is like doomed to disband at some point and i feel like i mean it was the same thing with supremacy who's now vitality you know they had a plan it was all right we're coming from xbox we're switching to pc we are we're, yeah. we're giving ourselves a year to make pro league it took them six months they still like had a plan of you know we're taking a full year to just focus yeah. on improving and getting into pro league, and I feel like that's a, like the way you need to plan your thing. Because I mean, the only thing that happened when you lose, you're like, all right, well, I mean, we're, we're still got six months. So what didn't yeah. work? So this didn't work. 
let's work on that. Let's improve. And I mean, right now, it's, to me, they are a top four team on EU for sure. Absolutely. Well, going over to uh, Latin America, uh, we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but the, the interesting upset of uh, FaZe losing 2-0 to Liquid. Because that's, that's the big surprise because Liquid just haven't seemed to have their act together this season. But this yeah. was the first time they seemed like they did. And some of that's even to like Zig actually getting fra- like a decent amount of frags. Because like, he's someone who'd been struggling. And surprisingly, like by far their worst player was the newest one, PSK1. Like just was not doing so great, which was surprising. But Nesk, of course, top fragging as usual. Like Showing that, up. not a surprise. Like they're definitely... And that's the thing is it's like Liquid, if it's not just all on Nesk, do really well. But most of the time it still has just been all on Nesk. And that's that's a struggle they've always had. But I do think it was nice to see Sexy Kick really showing up because he was one of the newer additions previously, like before PSK one, and uh, and I think Sexy Kick definitely showed up even just playing like on the Blitz, which is something that had been kind of like eh, sometimes for Latin America, even though they play it a lot. I think Sexy Kick was very effective on Blitz this time, and and that helped. And then like I said, Zig picking it up as well was a big deal. And Bullet is always a decent performer, so uh, like. If they can continue to play like that and then bring up PSK1, that's going to be the liquid they should be, but not the liquid they've been so far up to this play day. Yep, definitely. I mean, it's it's still APAC. Not APAC, sorry, uh, LATAM. I think they, <laughs> they, they there is something they need to switch in the way they see how the game is played to yeah. effectively compete against NAU and maybe APAC at some point when they get up to par with the rest of the world uh which is going faster than i thought it would um but um they, they, there's something that needs to happen in the way they think and see how the game is played because right now it's between them it, it's, it's all right i mean a lot of players just showed up and it's a very aggressive style of play and the best yeah. fragger if you have a fragger like nesk is gonna go nuts you know like shred but at some point a team that can figure out how to work against the rest of the world and in their own region, this team is going to be insane. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm surprised to see FaZe doing as bad as they did as well. Yeah. Like, the only player that was even positive was Cameraman, and that really surprises me because Cameraman is usually not that guy. Cameraman has is, is always been a bit more of a support player, not that, he ha- not that he can't frag, but I just feel like he's always been kind of below a lot of other players like you have astro and gohan which are always good fraggers moringa has been pretty good as well mav will pick it up a lot of times too and cameraman like he'll float around towards the bottom three of his team but like that's that's a sign right there if cameraman's doing the best just like if england's doing the best or something it's just like a situation where you're like what are the rest of the team doing and is it just down to liquid doing a good job countering it was it just the maps were they having an off week? Hard to say for sure because there's so many factors that we can't see on our side. But overall, like again, that's like the scoreboard's kind of a good indicator sometimes in terms of when you have people that are usually at the bottom at the top and everyone else going negative. Like that's why. That's why they lost. That they just the rest of the people weren't playing up to their caliber you expect from them. And for a region like Latin America, I don't think that's necessarily due to strats. I think that's Jews just due to them having, I don't know if it was tilt. They could have got tilted, for example. They're very passionate region. It could have just been a tilt situation. It it very well could have. I, I mean, I don't know the players personally enough to know how they uh, are personally in, when it comes to attitude, but it could be. Yeah, I think it's one of I the mean, few. A lot of... A lot of people just completely shut down when something wrong happened and you just can't come back from it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I don't think that's far far from the end of phase. I feel like they'll get their act oh, together. Yeah. And like, I mean, I hope we still get to see them uh, at the land finals. I would like to see Liquid and Phase both go because A, they're really big orgs and that, and that helps the seed because uh, when, when people hear about the land and hear about the teams are on it, if they mm-hmm. hear names that they recognize from other games, that can help bring interest from other games. And I think that's a good thing overall. So I think there will be quite a few big orgs that will be involved. You'll probably have Evil Geniuses and Rogue, maybe Phase and Liquid. Penta. Um, Penta, of course, yeah. And I mean, one up's not a big org, but there's definitely a chance we'll see them there. Um, it's so it, it really depends, but I think uh, it's nice to see that represented again outside of just the Invitational. Yes. So and, that's, and the Invitational is the first land that we had like a lot of the big orgs there because of that. And so as long as they get to return for the next one, that will help with the uh, and that will help because North America struggles a bit too. So having a North American land 
with all yeah. these big games because we haven't had a oh, North yeah. America land since Xbox Season Two. Right. Right. So, and that that was without an audience. Like that's there hasn't been one with an audience in North America. And yeah, I, I mean, said, okay. So I'm sorry. I'm I'm not counting Montreal as part of that. I mean, the North America that I live in, like the the America. <laughs> this it's confusing when it, when we refer to America just the US North, of A. Like that one part. And, yeah, it's sorry. The the language is stupid. But the, I mean, it's true. There's there's not a whole lot of. Um, I feel like the viewership is mostly from Europe when it comes yeah. down to NA or EU playing, rather than being like heavily on NA, North America. Hopefully, the times that it's played is not going to be horrible for EU to watch. I don't know because who knows what the schedule will be like. But hopefully, it won't be probably, unwatchable for EU. It's probably going to be something like, like uh, you know, the the Invitational. Which started at like 10 a.m., which is like yeah. six hours later I mean, on that was some... East Coast. So yeah. it depends on which coast it's on, where it's at. Oh, yeah, right. Well, because we, st we still don't know like it's where it's actually going to be at yet. I hope it'll be hours. announced. It keeps saying soon. Yeah, yeah, anywhere anywhere in that range. So, I mean, for time zone wise, hopefully the East Coast, just because that'll be easier for Europe to be part of it. Mm -hmm. But uh, who knows how that affects APAC. Yeah. Well... Uh, Speaking of APAC, uh, before we run out of time, I, I know we're kind of skipping over BRK, yeah, but that was that was a pretty good match. BRK really showed up. Yeah, didn't show up as well, unfortunately. Couple drama. FK1 showed up horribly. Uh, yeah. That was, yeah. And then the drama, yeah, the drama with BRK, Diogo, and the Oregon general. Uh, you guys could catch up on that a bit on the, because I, I know we're actually running short on time and there's still tons of stuff we haven't covered. Um, so I'll let you guys catch up on that on the Pro League subreddit. But uh, it does have to do with Diogo and the BRK. I'm sure there's an article. Beat. Yeah, I'm sure there's a CGG article. What am I saying? Yes. You don't need to go to Reddit. Reddit's, Reddit's bad anyways. You know, it's Reddit. So just go to the articles. No one can comment on those. <laughs> so, uh, but moving on to APAC though, just moving, to yeah, because right now we I can want... actually talk about APAC. Yeah, well, I also want to cover it just because like a lot of people don't pay attention to it. And, yeah. And that, I'll be honest, some of that includes me. But we do have people on staff that do a good job paying attention to it, relaying that information to make sure that you guys can kind of get an idea of what's going on with APAC. Because now, the, the finals are next weekend. It's, it's we're, We are actually moving on to the like part that is interesting, which is you know all the sub-region of APAC come in together in their own land to decide who's going to go to, uh, well, let's call it rest of the world land. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Four four region land. So it's, I mean, technically the the, the North American finals is actually going to be a four region land, but then APAC is also four region land. So it's, we get a pre land land. Pre land. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, because it's four regions: A and Z, so Australia, New Zealand, SEA, which is uh, Southeast Asia, I believe, uh, Japan, and Korea. So it's like uh, two countries get their own region. Uh, a and Z is just two countries, and then mm -hmm. SEA is like kind of whatever's lumped into that area. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of familiar names going though, and even the ones that aren't familiar are actually full of familiar people. So just kind of yes. give a quick summary of who's going, so you get some idea. Um, from A and Z, and this is on the infographic as well. If you want to catch up, uh, you have from A and Z, you have Dark Sided, uh, which is a bit newer one. So that one's that one should be interesting if they can make it. I definitely want to pay attention to how they play during the finals. Uh, Mind Freak, which is definitely a known quantity, they've been around since the very first um, LAN or Invitational. Uh, as an Xbox team, but most of those players transitioned over, although they've made quite a few roster changes since then, yeah. so it's it's hard to say, like, what uh, composition going back to, all the way to there, because, like, Jay Dizzle, for example, who's on the team on the Xbox team is the coach. So, like, you know, they've got a legacy there going, and they've been super strong, so they've been a big contender. And, I mean, if, SCA, you, if, you don't, if you don't uh, know Mind Freak, it's probably because you haven't watched the Invitational, because they showed up big time. Absolutely, and I definitely recommend if you want to catch up before the finals and you want to see how Mind Freak can play, check that out. Also, there's a lot of their matches on, uh, I think it's like twitch.tv slash r6anz, something along those lines. Um, if someone knows in the chat, then feel free to put it in there. I just don't remember the exact. My, my autocomplete on Google figures it out for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you check those out there. ANZ does a pretty good job of streaming their matches. Some of the other regions, not as much, unfortunately. Um, but but yeah, they they're there. SEA uh, has another familiar team going back to the very first uh, invitation as well, which is Cryptic. So that's kind of the continuation of that legacy, which is good to see a legacy is going on in APAC and familiar names because that means they're building up some core strengths in those regions. So oh, apparently, uh, Finsing SEA is actually also on R6 underscore ANZ. So that's great. So and uh, ANZ now under Rainbow Six AUS. Well, that 
it's not confusing at all to have that. Okay, <laughs> that that's whatever. part of the reason why it's hard to follow or keep yeah, up with that scene. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, we could get a good article on CGG if there isn't already one. Just a guide to where the hell to watch all these damn matches. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Korea is hiding somewhere. <laughs> Korea is hiding out because Trump's scary. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, so Cryptic going to be an SEA, but then also uh, the other team is going to be Script, which is the other kind of new name. Um, and so that should be interesting to see how they play because Cryptic have been, like, are they're a really great team, but they've been struggling to make it all the way. Um, so I would love to see Cryptic and Mindfreak go again, but at the same time, there's some other great teams still. Uh, you never know, because going to Japan, we have Norango, uh, which has been a great team. Like, they, they played really well in previous uh, finals and things like that. Almost made it a couple times. I think they were close to making it. And they're going against Sengoku, which sounds like an unfamiliar name, but the uh, three-fifths of that is Ainz players, which we saw last Invitational. So uh, that should be a really good matchup, because Norango have, again, always been a great competitor. So I feel like either of those guys could go forward, but, uh, but that should be really good. I'm, I'm looking forward to one of them possibly coming out of Japan. Uh, if Cryptic don't make it, I would like to see Mind Freak and one of those two. Uh, that being said, we also have uh, Korea with Team Latency and Team Yeti. Uh, X Yeti. We're Yeti up. Yeah, X Yeti. Also X Mantis. So that was Mantis that you also know as a team that made it pretty far previously. Yep. They are, they're uh, they're under a new name now. now. Yeah, they're under uh, Element Mystic. Element Mystic. Sorry, my enunciation wasn't yep. great. And Latency also has one former Mantis player. So they are kind of going up against themselves a little bit. So that should be an interesting matchup. I still feel like that probably favors Team Mystic, or Element Mystic uh, versus Latency, but uh, I haven't been following the matches as closely to know. I'll have to start doing that once I have to make bets because uh, then once my imaginary money's on the line. Like, I joke about that, but that, just, that makes such a difference for me. Like, Honestly, the betting is what got me on board with CGG because like, the ability to put some kind of imaginary skin in the game always makes me 10 times more interested. And I don't know about you guys watching, but I recommend betting even if you don't know which teams to bet on just to make you more interested in the outcome. Whatever floats your boots. That's not the case for me. That that doesn't work for me. I'm just interested because I like to. But uh, betting betting virtual money for me is not a thing that I enjoy very much. It's like it's just a commitment. Team yeah, or not. I mean, it, it can be, you know, the little spark that gets you it's, into watching. It's an emotional game. trigger as to whether or not, like, yeah. a, a, an event has a good or bad influence. I don't know, it just feels like it puts something on the line for me as, in terms of, like, oh, I mean, it's this, the case for a lot of people. matters. Probably yeah. the case for a lot of people. Yeah, we can't bet CS skins on it yet, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> CS candle and Rainbow Six, let's go. Yeah, why not? <laughs> but, uh, anyways, so that's that's that that's, that's next week in the 14th yeah. and 15th, so. I think they're going to release a bracket uh, soon, TM-ish. So we don't know yeah. exactly who's going to be playing against who right now. But, uh, I mean, it's all going to be at LAN, so, uh, yeah. It's going to be great games yeah. if you want to watch it. I mean, if you, if you want you an introduction to uh, APAC scene, this is probably your best I, bet. I highly recommend it because, A, there's nothing going on on the weekend outside of our podcast, which you should still tune into. And, uh, and so because of that, you should pretty much watch it i mean like uh they they're doing a better and better job with their production they have good casters they're working on what they're doing in terms of like really stepping it up every time and i feel like it's going to be a really good show um i know previously like when we watched apac finals like oh my god is this ranked what is this like uh gold level plays i don't think it's going to be like that this time i mean could be wrong but i think it's going to be much better play and i think it's going to be uh interesting to see things that could come into the meta uh, in the actual land finals, because that's one of the things about these land finals that have so many regions now is there's so many different things. You don't just see the repeat of the meta over and over like you do somewhat during the play days. It's very dynamic in terms of what you're going to see. We saw that invitational. We've seen it at pretty much every land. Uh, so it's, I think it'll be really cool. I mean, you see weird stuff coming out of ANZ sometimes or APAC sometimes, and I think that will be awesome. That's part of the reason teams like Mind Freak were able to do as well as they were last uh, invitationals. And I mean, a team like Mind Freak just going to uh, Invitational, playing against some really good team, getting experience from it, and bringing back this experience into the scene is good. Because, I mean, everyone back there, well, I say back there, but because it's far away from here, but everyone is going to improve from that. And slowly but surely, APAC is going to catch up to NANU. Yep. It might not be the season, but it's going to happen. Well, 
So uh, I think what's left here is we got uh, Challenger League. I didn't follow the EU yeah. one, so I don't, I'm not sure if you did, but uh, NA wise, it was interesting, and I was, I just, I'm helping out a little bit with production on that, so that's why I end up paying attention more to it. But uh, uh, this season definitely matters for it. So it was a, uh, it's interesting to see some changeups. Not yet labeled, still are more like not yet playing good. Uh, oh. They, they kind of got in through due to some like uh, legacy things, and they have not been living up to their their expectations at all this season. And uh, they're they're pretty much done. So they've lost both their matches. Uh, Orglis, former formerly uh, Friends Gaming, uh, doing pretty well actually. Beat Team Gates. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a pretty good game. So they're they're definitely stepping up. They're they're someone to pay attention to. So right now it's Beast Coast and uh, Orglis who are yeah. confirming to playoffs. So it's 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 good if you can to go back and and check those out to see like what you might be seeing in relegations because obviously relegations are going to be super important this season especially for especially Ants. yeah well i mean especially with teams like clg and ants yeah yeah exactly so we'll see i mean now down on the the losers bracket team sinister was trying to do okay and then team gates versus sinister is next so that that should be interesting um uh, people have been asking where do you watch Challenger League, and it's been a bit back and forth. So it's, yeah. uh, originally we were doing them on R6CL, but we, it was decided not to use R6CL, although there were some miscommunications with that, so it did get used twice. Right now, Rams is the only caster for Challenger League NA. So at the moment, for the rest of the season, uh, at least uh, maybe up to finals, I'm not sure finals where finals will be casted yet, uh, but up to that point, it will be on Rams's channel, which is... Uh, Twitch.tv slash the Rams underscore one NF like Infamy was because he's sort of affiliated with Infamy. So it's I know that's not the greatest situation, but uh, it needs to be is, centralized. It is what it is. Yeah, and uh, as far as um, EU goes, there's Verdi Pones doing it in German. Um, there's French casters. Not sure who's and doing so, it. I'm no, not sure it's, it's Scott. I don't. I don't think Scott is doing it. Yeah, I don't, I'm not Maybe sure. Maybe is, but I, I don't think so. Because he's doing the French Anyways, cast for Pro League. If you're French, you probably already know. Let's be honest. Like, the French know yeah. what the French do generally. So, yeah. you probably already know if you speak French. Uh, although, I guess you speak French, but you don't know. So, there are exceptions. I mean, and, I watch uh, in English. I think there, there is an English cast now, uh, most of the time, I think, by Demo. Um, I don't remember his exact Twitch uh, URL, but uh, he is doing English. So, we do have some English as well. So, make sure to check those out so you can see it. Uh, you know, if you if you don't speak German or French, uh, check that out there. So at least there's some good casting of it, but uh, definitely, hopefully the finals will be good, uh, getting up to that, so you can get at least an idea what relegations might be like. So definitely, pay, if you pay attention to nothing else, catch the finals and then relegations because this is a big impact for next pro league season, and we'll give you an idea uh, how they go. It's demo underscore ESL is what Finn said. So thanks, Finn. He also pasted the link in there to Rams's channel. So. Uh, Finn, Finn always he's like our support player for uh for the uh Twitch chat, right? He's not doing much, so but uh no, he's there. Oh. Rip. <laughs> so, uh, just so you guys know, okay. we do pay attention to uh, the chat. Uh I guess it's just a case of where like no one's really said anything in the chat that it, that it felt like it kind of integrated into the conversation, but we do watch it and are trying to, you know, respond if you guys have anything else that you want us to go over real quick before we end, it, you know, feel free to say so now. But otherwise, I think we're pretty much wrapping it up here for this week. I don't think I'll be there next week. I just got fired. I just uh, got fired for saying that. That's for sure. That's all right. That's all right. We're we're just gonna take this independent. We're gonna leave CG. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I mean, if you have questions, that would be the time. But if not, uh, but if not, you know, feel free to throw out some questions. I know some there were some questions based off the YouTube comments and stuff. So feel free to leave YouTube yeah. comments, and then Finn will probably relay them to us for the next episode as well. So. We definitely want your guys' interaction in terms of we want uh, to know what you guys want as far as content. I, we, we know you want guests, so you don't have to repeat that one. Uh, but outside of guests, if there's other stuff you'd like to cover or if you think we're spending too much time on something or something's not mm -hmm. working for you, please let us know because obviously this is a pointless show if no one else listens to it besides us. So And for guests, I think we're going to have to uh, reserve a little bit more time just so uh... – yeah. You know, we, we, yeah, they we... might be longer. They might be like an hour and a half then. Yeah, maybe an hour and a half or – you know, a little bit longer because we'll, we'll have a lot to talk about. And especially if we have a guest, we're going to ask him some question, you know? And yeah. It's going to take so some time. Apparently, we do have one question, which is how old is Emzo? And I'll just answer with ancient. Ancient. So, far, far older than I look, I, I believe. So we'll keep, it, we'll keep it that. Keep it a mystery. All right. We'll, we'll put, uh, you know, Inspector England on it. Inspector England. <laughs> 
All right, well, cool. Well, uh, shout outs to Spleck as well, our our stats guru. Stats guru. Although Finn, Finn would like to think he is now. Sorry, inside jokes. Anyways, uh, <laughs> moving on. The, we'll catch you guys next weekend. Make sure to tune in to uh, the um, next episode as well as the uh, APAC finals, which, uh, you know what, since we'll be towards the tail end of that, we might even talk a little bit about the APAC finals, which we should be paying attention to. So uh, make sure to ch- check that out. If, if you miss a lot of the APAC finals, you know, maybe tune into the podcast and we uh, talk about them so you catch up a little bit, huh? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yep, we'll catch you guys then. And uh, thanks for tuning in for those of you who tuned in live. Uh, enjoy the YouTube for you watching after. And shout-outs to anyone on iTunes. Awesome that you found us there. Uh, maybe let us know how you found us, actually. It would be cool. Yeah, and, uh, definitely. And we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.